Hi, everybody. Good to be here. In fact, it's an honor to be here. I uh, have been with your pastors a few times at other churches, and it has been a joy to get to know them, also to prophesy and speak over them. I want to uh, do such a nice introduction, but I just feel the prophetic rising up so much. And so this girl right here that is behind the camera, I know you can't move out, but I wanted to speak over you. And um, I can't even see you, but that's okay. Uh, you can hear me. I see legacy over you. I see the name written legacy that a generation has poured into you. And I see you pouring out to not a generation, but generations. That there is a love that you have for the next gen. You have a love for children. You have a love for teenagers. You have a love and a concern for what's happening in culture. At times, it turns you and stirs you on what you see, what you hear. There's a side of you that is a strong intercessor that prays through. That as you begin to feel those things, you turn them over to the Lord. I also see the favor of the Lord upon you. Favor, favor, favor. The favor of the Lord opens up doors. There are open doors before you. These fragments off God's heart that I'm seeing are to stir boldness in you because God is moving you ahead. You're not staying where you are and don't feel guilty about moving ahead. That, well, maybe I'm not satisfied. No, it's God that keeps stirring you and turning you and he's got his finger in the small of your back pushing you forward more and more. Does that make sense? And so God is bringing you to open doors that he's created a ramp and the ramp I see is an ascent. It's bringing you ahead. It ties in with the dreams that God has placed on the inside of you. God is releasing your dream, and he's opening doors for your dream. Does that make sense? I hope I'm saying it right. And so there's a ramp here that God is bringing ascension in life. And so it's time to dream those big dreams again. That there are certain things in life that hold us back, and we begin to get uh, buffered a little bit. And God is removing all of that and limitations where I'm supposed to say, sky's the limit. Because God himself is moving you forward. It is a reward for your love for him. God is a good father because he is a rewarder. And God is releasing that over you. So I do declare over you the favor and open doors of heaven before you. Move toward them because they are doors with sensors on them that will automatically open for you. So I release that on you in Jesus' name. And it's Stephen, right? Hey, Stephen. 
Stephen, when I first um, said hello to you, I saw honor written on you, that you were an honorable man. Now, God's brought you into that. God's brought you to that place because there was a time when that wasn't you. God brought that. And his honor is dripping off of you. Even when I met you, it affected me. That I said, man, I see this, I see this gentleman, the honor of the Lord, and I was supposed to declare over you promotion. God is promoting you. You're going to see open doors within ministry, but open doors in the marketplace. I don't know what you do, but get ready for more pay. I see dollar signs. I see more authority coming to you. You carry his honor. It, it's all over you. There is a trust factor. I don't know you, but I feel like I can just trust you. It's the honor of the Lord. There is just trust everywhere over you. And there are those on the outside that are going to say, this man I want. Yeah, but there's others that might be more. No, I want this man right here because they're sensing they're sensing the promotion of heaven on you, but they're sensing the honor and the trust. Out of you comes honor. That even when I met you, I felt your honor come toward me. I felt honored and was coming off of you. And so I know you're in the back. I know I, I, I glanced back there. I, I think you're, you're doing sounds. But there's more that even as you walk the aisles, it comes off of you. People that are coming in for the first time that have never received any honor. They've been marginalized. They've been stepped on. They've been thrown out. They're going to meet you. And God is going to put them in front of you. And they're going to feel the honor of God begin to lift them up. It's going to stir them. It is a prophetic gift that you carry. That honor is a right now gift. It is not something just from your past or something that God did years ago. It is something, it is a right now honor. God calls himself the great I am, the God who is present right now. And that honor is a right now honor that comes off of you. I don't know if you're working in street ministry with the church. I don't know if you do any outreach, but there is this light that is coming off of you that is giving people that have received nothing but insults and scraps, they're going to get the best from you. It is honor that will pass through you. I need to say this again to you, that it is a prophetic gift. It is a right now gift. That the prophetic is what God is doing right at this moment. And people are going to say, wow, I feel like I can do it. I can feel like I can get this done. It's because of what's coming off of you. So I just release that man of God. I release that over you in Jesus' name. Um, Pastors Rolando and Lisa, I want to speak this word over you. I love when it's Pastor Appreciation Day. What the church has done for you is so honoring. It's, it's a star on their report card before God. But God has so much for both of you. 
I'm going to explain what I see. Because I've never seen this over a pastor. I see you both slow dancing, and I know what it means. That God is bringing your marriage to a brand new level. That in this time of work and doing and building the kingdom, God is adding a new romance to both of you. A new twinkle in both of your eyes. That even in the midst of what God is doing, there is a slow dance that you have. That as you look at each other, there is a look like no other. I see you with the gift that God is going to give you is the gift of time. I see you going away. I see you traveling more. I see you on a ship. I see you on a cruise. I don't know if it's ministry. I don't know if it's vacation. I don't know what it is. But whatever you both do is going to be amazing. Also, I see your passports being stamped. And I see you traveling like never before. That God's going to put a new excitement and a fire to travel and step out. I see you traveling in this country. I see you traveling to states that you've never been to and cities. And it's going to be amazing experiences. But I see you in other countries. I see you in countries that speak Spanish. But I see you in countries that speak French and Italian. I see you in countries that speak German. And I see you moving and people saying, pastors, would you come here? Pastors, would you come here? Because God has given you a unique gift that other pastors don't have. There's a uniqueness about you. You're not like other pastors. And other pastors are unique too. But sometimes we can be grouped together. God called you for a reason. God called you because there was no one else like you. And even I hear conversations that are going on when you're alone. Conversations about the Lord. Conversations about your, your dreams. Conversations of when you were younger. Conversations of coming up uh, through the ranks. Coming up and what your desires and goals are before the Lord. God called you uniquely. And that is a unique call that nobody can take your place. I also see... I walked in and I felt a crowd of leaders here. That you're going to be exporting leaders. That there's going to be leaders that are going to move on to other areas. But that's okay because that's what you're raising them to do. And with every leader that is sent out, there's going to be other leaders that will take their place. And there will be this constant flow because you won't be holding them with a closed fist. You'll be saying, God, you gave them to me. We're training and equipping to take the kingdom. And I see you exporting them. I see that what you're doing here will be duplicated and multiplied around the area, even far away. And so I just release that on you. Get your passport ready. I see it being stamped. I see this fire. God, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to go. And it's going to be both of you wanting to go and stepping out and doing. I see God blessing you with new memories and new experiences together. That even in the midst of building, God is giving you time. And I see the slow dance of romance over both of you. Can anybody agree with that? Does that, does that? So I release that over you in Jesus' name. On Friday nights, we have a, a, 
a crew that it's really young adults, if I could say that. It started with millennials. Uh, and we just equip in the gifts through worship, through teaching, through demonstration. We equip in the gifts, especially prophe prophecy. And I've got four that are on a team here. Apostolic gifts are in them, teaching gifts, and pastoral gifts. And so there's Lauren, Caitlin, Nicole, and Avery. And they are atmosphere changers. They really are. And so afterwards, we'd love to pray for you, for those that would be interested. And so I appreciate you guys coming. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, I also bring you greetings from my wife. My wife is a flight attendant for the rich and famous. And so she's getting ready to uh, go on a trip to Portugal for 10 days. And uh, so she can't always travel with me, but she sends her love. Listen, in, in the next few moments that I have, I want to uh, teach you about the language of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that you are a prophetic people? Jesus promised, my sheep hear my voice. So I, I want to just cover the language of the Holy Spirit. And I want to explain some things to you on who Jesus is. When we say, you know, my life changed because Christ came into my life, we know that's true. But why? Many Christians can't answer it. Why are you different? Well, I just told you, Jesus came into my life. But why? Who is Jesus? Well, he's the anointed one. He's Messiah. But beyond that, who is he? And this gospel that we preach is very simple. The Father called redeemers throughout history. Moses was one of them. Some of the prophets were, one, were, were some of them. But they could only bring his people so far. And when God needed a savior, he couldn't find any. And he said, I'm coming myself. And he put on flesh. And this is where we get the word incarnation. It's when God became a man. When Jesus walked through a young girl's life called Mary. But who is Jesus? Because he kept saying things that were strange to the Jewish populace. He kept saying, you want to see the Father? I'm standing right here. I'm right here. And then he said things like, a greater than Abraham is here. Jesus is the Father's heart wrapped in flesh. And he came to shed that love abroad. Now that love is an alien love. It's not an earthly love. So this church has an engine room. Our church back home has an engine room. What you put in its tank will drive it forward. But we have ruined these engines by putting in the wrong fuel. So you know that if you have a a car that runs on a diesel engine, if you put gasoline in it, it just, well, it just won't run right. No, you'll hurt the engine. 
If you put diesel fuel in an internal combustion, a gas engine, you'll ruin it. And many churches, their engine rooms have been destroyed because we've put the wrong fuel in. The only fuel that drives you and me and the church itself is called agape. It is a Greek word that means unconditional, undeserving love. So there are other words that we talk about that are love, right? There's, in, in Greek, there's eros love, which is a physical attraction. When I first saw my wife, I fell head over heels for her. I was physically attracted to her. That's eros love. Then there's other loves like uh, storge love. Storge love is my personal love, your personal love. Hey, Pete, he's a good guy, except when I'm running on empty. I need a vacation. I've been overwhelmed by problems, and I start to shake. My own love only goes so far. And many times in the church, we've tried to put in our human love and wondered why the church has failed. It only runs on agape love. So agape love is a love, an alien love, for sci-fi fans. It comes from heaven. It is not earthly. Jesus brought it. It is the Father's heart that when you accept Christ into your life, it, it, it can't stay hidden. It cries out to give back to God love. And that's why we become worshipers. And then it moves out of us, and that's why we love our neighbor. It is so powerful that Jesus said you can love your enemy. Not past tense, the enemy that is presently trying to hurt you. That we can love them because this love is so powerful. The Apostle Paul, if I could paraphrase, said there is no defense for it. He said, I, I want to see how deep it goes, how high it goes, how wide it goes. If there's no defense for this love, it changes lives. This is the love that God has for humanity. On social media, we can watch pastors and teachers and fivefold ministry from all over the country. And when you turn on certain teachers of the word, you almost think that God hates mankind. Can I tell you that he created us? He loves us. Even in a sinful state, he loves us. Scripture says, while we were yet sinners, the word is enemy. While we were yet enemies of God, he loved us. And when that love comes on the inside of you, that's why. Why would we go on the street, Stephen? Why would we go on the street and help people? we got to worry about ourselves. Why are we dealing with those that have troubles or are marginalized? Because I can't control this love on the inside. I can't keep it to myself. It burns through me. That it changes my dreams. It changes my goals. Where once it was just about me, now it's about everybody else. I'm in back of the line. That's the fuel that goes into the church. If we did this exercise and I asked you to give me the name of either someone good or evil that was famous, we'd get names like Brad Pitt, Adolf Hitler, Genghis Khan, President, President uh, Biden, President Trump. 
maybe mayors and senators, other movie stars. And if I wrote those names down and then said them to you, you have a love meter. That when I said certain names, you'll say, oh man, I, lo I love him. And then you say, oh, I don't like him so much. And then you say, oh, that person, oh man, they were, they were wicked. And that person, oh man, they're like a saint. But God's love meter, with every name that I mentioned, never moves. It stays the same. That God loved Pharaoh. And that's why even the ten plagues, the first were very simple. God wanted Pharaoh to turn. He loved him. Barabbas, that took Jesus' place in freedom. It was not an accident. God loved Barabbas. Do you know that Jesus was brokenhearted when the Holy Spirit revealed that it was Judas that would betray him? You can only betray someone if they're very close to you. And Jesus said, Judas, my friend, my brother, with a kiss you betray me? Jesus died brokenhearted on many levels. One of the levels was Judas. We love. That's what we do. Now we're introduced to the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Holy Spirit does on the inside of us. He produces this love. So I want to give you the language of the Holy Spirit. And um, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles or your phone. I want you to go to the book of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse number 5. Romans 5, 5. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless, I love that word, endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So, Inside, I saw a little baby before. Inside, every child born is a temple. It's made out of gold, suitable for the God of the galaxies to walk in and sit and take his rightful place in our lives. And so we did that when we invited Jesus in. We tried to fill that throne with other things, and it didn't work. But when you invited Jesus in, it was a custom fit. God said, I dwell in only a couple of places. I dwell in the throne of heaven. I dwell with the broken. And I dwell, his name is Emmanuel, within his people. So he sits within us. And he begins to speak to us. Because he's in me, he whispers. He whispers to you too. He'll use your thoughts. He'll use your imagination. So I'll give you an example. and This is just an example. And so um, it's John, right? And so John, I don't see this. This is just an example. That I see a screw over you and a screwdriver... And it's tightening over you. This happened in a service, and it was happening over a woman. And for some reason, I'm thinking to myself, why would I think that? And then why do I know what it means? And I said, ma'am, are you having a migraine? And she said, yes. It was a word of knowledge. And I spoke it over her. What I saw, prayed for her, 
and it just ended. That God just healed her right on the spot. That's Holy Spirit thoughts. If I said to you, let's imagine a pink polka dot elephant just floating in the room, we all could do it because we have what's called an imagination. The Holy Spirit gives you visions, thoughts, ideas through the eyes of your heart, our imagination. So when I say I hear something, I hear it in my imagination. I can tell if it's a woman or a man. I can tell what age they are, uh, maybe not specifically, but if they're older or younger, or if it's a child. And those same gifts are on the inside of you. There's something about faith and agape that draws the Holy Spirit movements to us and through us. And so if we don't operate in God's love, if we don't operate in faith, we're never going to see the great miracles of God. What is the test of what a believer is? Well, that person doesn't come to church anymore. It must be that. Nope. Well, I, I see them. They're, they used to worship in the first row. Now they're in the back row. Something's happening. Maybe something's happening, but that's not the thing. Well, they're not reading their Bible anymore. They're not evangelizing anymore. All those are symptoms. But the cause is they've stopped loving. They've stopped allowing God's love to flow through them. Have you ever heard people say, I'm an animal lover? So much so, I'm an advocate. I don't know if my neighbors appreciate the fact that I feed all the raccoons and the squirrels. I have a, my, my, my little niece that lives upstairs. Um, uh, my, my, my nephew and niece, they have two children. They live upstairs. And uh, she's only two years old. And uh, I, <laughs> my wife and I buy all these little peanuts, and we feed the squirrels, and we call them Chippy. And so they hear me in the morning yelling, Chippy, Chippy. And all of a sudden, one of the squirrels comes running over, sees me because he's trained, and I give him, give him a, a, you know, a, a little peanut. And now I have my niece when she comes downstairs, and uh, they were only teaching her Spanish. But now she follows me, and she, she uh, uh, kind of mimics me, and she'll come down and go, Chippy, Chippy, and she starts throwing these. And uh, I buy a whole thing of cat food, you know, the cheap stuff. Because I feed, I got skunks, I got, I, got, I got everything in the backyard. It's like a zoo back there of varmints, of varmints. And uh, so I, I, I love animals. But have you ever heard people say, I love animals, but I hate people? It's the love of God that will change that in you. And you might be at that place. Do you know why? People are mean. People have hurt us. We have a history. Your history isn't you. It just brought you to this point. God wants to heal your past, and he wants to fill you with his love that you can begin to operate again. That's the only way you can duplicate the life of Jesus. He was already going to the cross. Why did he stop and heal the multitudes? Why did he go and raise the dead? Because he was the heart of the Father in operation. And now we are. Jesus promised you'll do greater works than I did. Because I'm only here for three years. 
And so if you want to see miracles, you say, well, when is that going to happen? It's already started. Peter and John walked by the gate beautiful. And to the lame man whom Jesus walked past, because the lame man was there since he was born, Jesus walked past him. But they raised him. They touched the hem of Jesus' garment. But with the Apostle Paul, they were taking clothes off of him. Aprons. Things that he would try to gather the sweat. And they were ripping that off of him. They didn't do that to Jesus. Greater works. And so look at where we are now. Generations past. God is expecting great increase because of his love in us. And so the language of the Holy Spirit is in 1 Corinthians 14. And it's three words. Encouragement, comfort, and edification. Sometimes we bring humanity into the church. And some churches are mean. It's not because they're Christians. It's because there's too much humanity. There's not enough of God's love. Well, you don't have to worry about that because I sensed that as soon as I came on the lot. You can sense God's love. We call it glory. We call it his presence. We call it a lot of things. But it's God's love that changes us, moves us, turns us, affects us. See, I don't want a goosebump. And then while I'm getting out, somebody getting out of the parking lot, someone cuts me off and I give them the middle finger. Something isn't right. I've got to love even when it's hard. And so I want to give you these three words because these, this is the language of love. Number one, it's to edify. That means to add something to someone. To edify them. To build them up. To realize that everybody is under construction. And that's why the prophetic word comes. To add a piece to the construction or the blueprint of what God is doing in your life. Well, we put our arm around people and say, man, I appreciate you. Even when they failed so many times and they call out our dreams and they speak and pray over us, when we add something to people, that is edifying. The second part of the language of the Holy Spirit is to encourage. I wonder how many people wouldn't have quit if they were just encouraged. And I don't mean just a, a cheerleading, you can do it, because that doesn't last too long. But a holy encouragement that stirs purpose on the inside of you saying, I can do it. I can do this. So if edification is to add something to someone, encouragement is to stand close to them. Say, it's us. We're going to walk this together. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We're going to do this together. How many have ever gone bowling? I'm not sure who's raising their hands. These are bright lights, but I <laughs> picture some of you must. When you bowl, you never aim for the pins, do you? You aim for the diamonds on the floor. And so the Apostle Paul said, listen, 
Just watch me. I'm right here. I'm the diamonds. I'm right here. I'm going to show you how to do it. Right here, you and me. I'm going to show you how to do it, duplicate it, as we move together and follow Christ. Wow. So if edification is to add something to someone, and encouragement is to stand close to them, comfort is to speak closely to them. In times of trouble, have you ever had someone ask you to sit down next to them and they just begin to speak to you? They take time and speak to you. And they pour in a comfort that goes not into your brain, but goes right into your heart. That's the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And God uses all three of those. I had someone say to me, Listen, there's sin in the camp, and I'm going to call it out. I said, no, you're not. I said, what you're going to do is like a New Testament prophetic person. That person already knows there's a situation. Let God bring it through these three words. So I'm going to give you an example. I was at a church, and we were laying hands on the sick. And they were giving me ushers to stand behind the people that had come up. You've seen that. And I was laying hands, and I saw one of the ushers who had, you could tell he wore a ring, but he had a tan line. So he didn't have a ring. He had a ring at one time. And as soon as I saw it, The Lord said to me, he's cheating on his wife. And now I have to go down the whole line and pray, but now the Lord's gotten me upset. Now I'm mad, and I'm mad at God. God, what am I supposed to do with this? See, because I know the heart of God. He's not looking to destroy this man. He's not looking to hurt him. So I knew that God would take me home and begin to teach me. And he began to show me how to flip things. This man knew he was already doing wrong. But he taught me how in the prophetic to flip. About six months later, I'm at another church. I'm doing the same thing. And I see an usher. And this time he has a ring. And it's just highlighted, almost like a yellow highlighter. All of a sudden, I just stare at the ring. And the Lord says he's cheating on his wife. But I knew what to do this time. And I said, sir, are you married? He said, I am. And I said, can I give you a word? I said, the Lord, I see see storm clouds that are over you that God is blowing out. And God is bringing your marriage up two, three, four, five levels. And God is going to put a new twinkle in your eye for your wife that whatever you have done in the past, God is bringing a newness to your ability to be a husband. Now, He knew what he was involved in. I knew what he was involved in. God knew what he was involved in, but no one else did. God never embarrassed him. God never hurt him. God encouraged him with language. Does that make sense? And so the Holy Spirit wants to give you language on not destroying people, but building them up. Build them up. Because one word from God changes everything. Everything. 
And so it's time that we begin to draw out and begin to stir what is inside of people. And God wants to bring you a prophetic mantle that you already carry. Have you ever said, wow, I was reading the scripture. I feel like that verse just jumped out at me. That's the prophetic. Have you ever said, "Woo, I got goosebumps. Woo, I feel the Lord. That's the prophetic. The prophetic is simply God rising now. There are certain things that will rise from within you. There's a Hebrew word that talks about it coming up out of you. And a Hebrew word that talks about it coming down on you. Why? Because God sits on a throne inside of you. Many of you think that you walk alone. Wherever God is, he is never alone. He moves with an entourage. There are angels. There is such angelic activity around you. And when you do the work of the Lord, you know there are angels. There are angels in this room. Joining your worship. Joining the agreement of the word. They're here. I've been in rooms where people were dying. Faithful soldiers that served God 50, 60 years. And literally you could see an angel on the side with a sword down on the ground just holding it. He wasn't a warring angel. He was a diplomatic angel waiting to escort that soldier home. I've seen it time and time and time again. Pastor Steve Mitchell, I've known him since he was a teenager. I was his youth pastor. He's been with me for 35, almost 40 years. He was leading worship one time, and you could just feel it. Something was happening. And he looked up and said, get ready. Here it comes. I see a river that is broken. And the worship exploded. But I just don't mean in sound. It was the presence of the Lord that rushed into that place. When we begin to choose God's love, we come into agreement with the Holy Spirit. And that's where the miraculous is. Where all of a sudden, a person is highlighted to you. Where all of a sudden, you just look at them and say, I, I need to pray for that person. This works in the church, but it works at 7-Eleven as well. I'll tell you this one story, and we're going to pray. I was with my middle daughter. We're in some store checking out. And I felt the heat. I felt heat behind me. There was this man, big guy, and I could tell he was angry. And he had a little pack of children's candles. The Lord said to me, relieve the pressure. And I knew what it meant. That this man was probably doing something at home. They're having a birthday party for a child. And his wife said to him, go and get these candles. He didn't want to go. He gets to the store. Have you ever tried to find children's candles? You can't find them. He couldn't find He's mad. This guy's going to blow. And he threw it down, right on the, the belt. And I looked at him. I said, oh, children's party. I said, man, you can never find these when you, when you can. I don't know what you did, man, but you found them. And 
All of a sudden, he began to smile. I knew I did my job. He smiled. I felt everything go. My daughter looked at me and said, you're making friends, Dad? And she didn't understand. As soon as we got outside, I told her what I felt. That when we move, we move in the prophetic. I don't care who you are. If you're highlighted, I'm coming up to you. I don't care who you are. I don't care how intimidating you look. If the Lord has highlighted you, I'm going to release his love on you. This is what God is doing with you. This is what God is doing with me. The amazingness. And I know I've just got a couple of minutes, but my brother with the baby, I'm going to declare a couple things over you. As I saw you and I was introduced to you, I felt the Lord say, a man who loves people. We are not psychics that I'm picking something up in the atmosphere. Those that are prophetic, we understand we have a, we have a hand on the Father's heart relating, translating God's heart towards you. Facts off his heart. Because you have loved people, God is bringing you to a higher calling. Now, in the ministry, when we wash five dishes good for the Lord, he gives us ten. When you wash ten dishes really good for him, he gives you twenty. And I see people multiplying around you. That when you teach, when you speak, all of a sudden the people that were following you are multiplying. There's more people that are wanting to touch you and draw from you. They relate to you. And it's because you love them. You have the ability to love beyond. I declare that you are a bridge builder in Jesus' name. That you're able, people that are alone, that nobody can get to them, you know how to build a bridge. That you can do it quickly. You know how to get to people. You know how to relate to them. You don't really care about your reputation. You did it one time, but you only care about you now. Just building people. I've got to do this for the Lord. And God has honored the love that you have for people. He's going to multiply your influence. In fact, he's already doing it. I could just see, as I'm saying it, more people. I see more people just multiplying. God's multiplying your influence. And so I just want to release that over you in Jesus' name. Um, I didn't say you were perfect. None of us are. But you have hit new levels in learning how to love. You forced yourself to say, you know what? I don't feel like it. I'm going to do it anyway. You know what? I don't. I'm going to do it anyway. And you've stepped out in faith. You've stepped out in courage to deal with people. The fear of man has fallen to the ground. And you just love. And you love out of Romans chapter 5, you allow the hard love of God to flow through you. That God loves hard. And he found a man who won't be intimidated by his hard love coming through. Loving the hard ones. The ones that people have forgotten. I'm supposed to say this to you, that even as you begin to open up the life of Jesus in Scripture, some of those stories are going to come alive like never before. You've read them 
many times. They're going to come alive even more. And God's going to show you the hard love. Even how when he was dying, he only had a number of breaths left. And these thieves were mocking him. Pharisees were spitting on him. Challenging everything that he ever said. While he saw his mother in the background crying. He had moments to live. And he loved both of those thieves. But one of them he brought to heaven. Hard love. It's in you. Does that make sense? Hard love. God loves hard. And you've not been intimidated by loving the hard issues. Loving the unloved, reaching the unreached. That's who you are. A man who knows how to love. If you want more of the prophetic to operate in your life, more of hearing his voice, more loving people, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. I want you to stand right where you are, and we're going to pray. You want more? You got to get it. I feel like we need to just operate in a step of faith. If you're standing, if you would, would you come up here and just make a way up here? It takes faith to kind of step out a little bit. But this is good stuff. God loves you. That's it. Come close. Come close. Come close. Get some. Get some. Get some. Would you lift your hands kind of like you're going to get a package? Here's what the love of God does. It goes into you and begins to heal. And then it begins to fill you up. That's right. God wants to heal you first. People have hurt us. He wants to heal your memories. He wants to heal some of the areas that we've been bruised with. And Avery and Caitlin and Nicole and Lauren, could you come up here and just maybe just stand in the front? Because after I turn it back over to the pastors, maybe we could just lay hands on everybody that is here, just releasing God's love. Today changes everything. Amen. Amen. Today changes everything. Do you agree? That's how much you're expecting what God is going to do. And so, Father, right now, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love that just begins to pour in us, through us, and out of us. Lord, first, it makes us even a higher grade of worshiper. That, Father, we'll begin to worship like never before. That, Father, we'll worship not here only, but in our cars while we're at home. While we're at ShopRite, wherever we're at, Father, we're just going to worship you. We declare over ourselves your love in us coming out of us. We are worshipers. And, Father, we are lovers of humanity. 
We allow you to love people through us. Our enemies, our neighbors, different people groups, people we have no bridges to, we're going to build those bridges. We're going to get to them. Father, it's our calling. It's who we are. When you begin to love people, get ready. Your calling begins to appear. Many of you are called to people groups that the church has no bridge to. You're going to build the bridge. And so, Father, even that right now, we speak a download that you would begin to stir love right now. That's it. They're going to come through and just begin to lay hands on you. That's it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We release the love of God right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You're never going to be the same. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, healing of the past, healing of bruises, healing of broken bones, emotional bones, in Jesus' name. Healing right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.